Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software designed to help your agency grow. If you believe that the heart of your agency is the relationship between the agency and your clients, and I believe you probably do, (laughs) then you need to see what Agency Revolution software can do for you. If you haven't seen it lately, lots of new features, clearly um, a product that's grown a lot, uh, a lot since I was uh, involved, and um, I'm, I'm uh, thrilled to see what it's doing right now. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo. You'll be glad that you did. You'll also be glad that you tuned into this podcast. <laughs> That's a promise, and, it, and it's not because of the host. It's because of the guest, Jeff Mungin. Um, came to my attention, first of all, on the Agency Revolution Slack channel, which I have the privilege of reading every now and then, when somebody said, hey, did you see that one of our clients was selected as a Traveler's Agent of the Year? And I did a little more research and and discovered that this was somebody I needed to have a conversation with regardless of... um, Uh, whether or not he was uh, interested in being a podcast guest. Well, to my delight, he was interested and willing to be a podcast guest. Jeff Mungin is the president of Dealer Policy Insurance. I'll uh, say a few words about Jeff, and then we'll we'll dive into this. He tells his story way better than I can. Um, After graduating from Vermont Tech with an engineering degree, Jack, we're... Uh, Jeff worked for IBM and later the Social Security Administration. It was when he was coaching competitive youth baseball that he found his way into insurance. The father of one of his players recruited him to join his agency. It really wasn't all that long ago. Uh, In any case, uh, fast forward to 2016, um, and Jeff became president of Uh, or vice president of the agency, and under his leadership, he transitioned the agency from Winooski Insurance to become dealer policy. Uh, In any case, very soon you'll discover how he took this, um, oh, uh, you know, small to medium Vermont agency to one of the fast growth agencies in the country today, adding uh, five or six million dollars in premium per month, shooting from $11 $11 million to $60 million, shooting from 11 agents to over uh, 200 members of his team, <laughs> doubling from last year, 100 last year, over 200 now, moving from uh, roughly one state to 15 uh, with a plan to be 
uh, to have a footprint in 48 states by the end of this year. So you're going to love the story. In my model, uh, the uh, five levels of the modern insurance agency model, the strategy and the mastery of innovation is something I reserve for level five uh, because of how it can do exactly what Jeff has done. Um, scale an agency and allow it to gain a virtual monopoly in the market of its choosing. And uh, so clearly, um, one of the reasons I was so excited about this conversation is because I saw here was somebody and he wasn't a client of mine personally. And uh, he was doing something that clearly uh, was level five innovation activity. And uh, so I'm going to get out of the way and let Jeff tell the story before I do a couple of things. Once again, um, if you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, do it. And if you're not active on LinkedIn, let me encourage that. Uh, I think there are some of the good conversations are in the industry are happening there. It's, uh, it's not Facebook. It's not Twitter. It's not Instagram. It has its own purpose and personality. So connect with me on that if you'd be kind enough, and that way I can keep you in touch with some of the things that I think are happening that are uh, really worth paying attention to right now. And uh, also for those of you who responded so favorably to my podcast um, on um, COVID success plan, an action plan for success in this period uh, from, um, I think it was the, this previous week, uh, thank you for the comments, and uh, feel free to pick up a copy of the toolkit at 8steptoolkit.com. That's www.8steptoolkit.com. And uh, definitely follow Agency Revolution on um, LinkedIn, and uh, you'll discover there's a there are a lot of really exciting things happening with the company. So in any case, I'm going to get out of the way. You're not paying good money to listen to me. <laughs> Uh, it's my pleasure to invite you to this conversation with my new friend, Jeff Mongen, president of Dealer Policy Insurance Agency. Jeff, uh, I'm so uh, thrilled that you joined us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, pleasure to be here, Mike. All righty. So uh, lots going on uh, in the world, lots going on in your agency and uh, well, I'm thrilled that you're here. Uh, first of all, congratulations for your selection as Traveler's Agent of the Year. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Riding and, the wave here. Well, uh, well, indeed. I think it's, it's pretty clear to me why uh, you were selected. And um, you came to my attention because I'm still active enough on Agency Revolution's Slack channel, the collaboration or communication channel, where somebody said, hey, did you see that you know, one of our clients was selected you know, Traveler's Agent of the Year? And then I think Adrian put us in touch with each other. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is. Yeah. So you and I have, have talked about your story. Great story. So would love to. Uh, let's dive into it. So, boom, on to you, Jeff. If you take a moment and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about the agency. And we're going to dive right into the juicy stuff. Yeah. So, uh, again, Jeff Mungin. So I'm the founder in, and uh and president of Dealer Policy Insurance Agency, as well as the president of Unuski Insurance. Um, we, you know, so my, my background is on the producer side um, of the IA channel. So I came on in 2000, early 2010 um, as a commercial and personalized producer. Uh, 
uh, Joe Burkhard was the, the principal of the agency that, that hired me. I knew him from all kinds of stuff. I have an engineering background, so he'd been, but I'd always been on the athletic side and the sales side. So he was like, you'd be really good at this. And he eventually wrote me in and I said, you know, I'm not coming in unless I have the opportunity or a path to ownership. I, I have, I've always had an entrepreneurial streak and had my side hustle going on. So um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he got me over with a, and I, I plan to, you know, be a producer, own the agency and ride it out like, uh, like, like a normal person. Um, about three years into my, my journey, I, I've had a lot of success as a producer. Um, but, you know, three years, you know, isn't that long. Um, but I, 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 one of my commercial accounts owned, who owned a dealership, um, you know, we started talking about the personal line side. So I, I wrote the commercial insurance for this dealership. And uh, he, he, so uh, Travis Fitzgerald was from my hometown. So we knew each other a little bit. He was a little bit younger um, than me. Um, but he started sending some of his car buying customers into our agency and um, we were pretty responsive and we were able to help a lot of them, which really helped them sell more cars and sell more products. So that was, so he, actually he was the one, he started asking a lot of questions like, well, how are you saving everybody money? How, how, how is it that people don't do this? Why, why don't people use independent agencies? Why do they go just to Geico or Progressive? Like, why do they do that? And I was like, well, you know, it's, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, they don't know about us is really the answer. Well, yeah. The, the billion dollars of advertising might yeah. help. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They don't know about us. And, and, you know, so we were able to, to execute and about 80% of his customers were switching, um, which is a tremendous when you throw eight or 10 carriers against one and you add the, the value proposition of an independent agency, you know, the consumer is going to listen to that. Um, so it, it was a matter of awareness, um, and, and working it into the process. So we, we, we started having success with that when we said, you know, this is a great idea. You know, this is, this is scalable, you know, the total addressable market, if you combine auto and insurance together, like you, you, the convergence of those two, uh, markets is, is, mon is, is, is huge. So if you can even get a 0.1% market share of that and, and figure out how to do it, like you're going to do okay. Um, so we, we kind of went all in on it. Travis was kind of bored from the dealership. He'd been running it for a while. He hired somebody to do his job. I kind of stopped selling as much. And I started, we started focusing in on this, on this project. And um, near, neither of us had a tech background. Um, I did take some programming classes and I was, on, I was an electrical engineer, engineering student. Um, and, and Travis comes from the sales side, grew up, his dad was a salesman, grew up in the dealership, has very smart guy. I mean, super smart understands um, a lot about a lot of things. Um, so together we just started brainstorming. We, we figured out a way and we, we, we got some little dev, little boutique dev shop in, 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 in uh, Van was Richmond, Vermont. They're now in Burlington uh, called the Blue House Group. We got them to believe in us um, and put eight of their engineers on our project. Um, and we, we bankrolled it ourselves out of our own pockets for, for a period of time. Um, and, uh, so was, we'll talk about, I, I, I'll first of all, say congratulations to you. And as a, as a former InsureTech founder and CEO, I know that, that, um, uh, what's a family friendly word? Well, it takes a lot of nerve to do that. Yeah. 
yeah, you either you're, you're in, going back. I think we were actually kind of a little bit crazy to do it because you, you, when you do it, you, you don't realize the landmines and the, and the hurdles and the mountains you have to climb. You got to move a lot of rocks. You got to push boulders uphill constantly. But now, and, and I suppose you probably discovered that things don't always come in on time and under budget. They don't. And, you know, <laughs> and a good idea in, in the beginning, I mean, the number one thing we learned is, is you know, it's great to have an idea but that isn't worth anything. And it, so many people have good ideas and they don't have any, any execution. Um, we're heavy on the execution. <laughs> um, yeah. So we learned early, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you're going to say you're going to do it, you do it right. And you go hard at it. You have to focus on it. Um, and, you know, for us, you know, we were, we went all in on it from both a time and a money perspective. And, I, we were fully immersed, right? We were, we were living it, breathing it, talking on the phone. I don't know how many times a day. My wife um, was, she's like, you talk to him more than I do. And I was, it wasn't even close. She was definitely right. Um, <laughs> Not even close. It wasn't even close. Um, and, you know, we just kind of fell in love with building it, right? It, Because it, 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 uh, yeah. we knew the, the market was so big and we, we were just both entrepreneurial and risk takers in nature anyway. So, so uh, obviously, in, in a moment or two, we're going to dive into what it is that you actually built. Um, but, um, well, just, I, I, I want to make sure everybody's going to pay attention to what we're doing for the rest of this conversation. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so um, I, obviously, travelers recognize that there was some growth here. Tell, give us a little snapshot of the transformation of the agency itself. How, how does it look different than it did perhaps a year ago and maybe two years ago? What's happening? Yeah. So basically since 2016 is when we, when we developed the entity dealer policy that bought the insurance agency at that point, we were 14 uh, employees um, and about, you know, 10 million in, in, in written premium. Um, since then, um, we've, we've been growing, uh, very, very quickly. Um, we're, we're, I think we're now up over 60 million and we're, you know, we're writing between four and 5 million of new business premium a month. Um, and that's across many, many States, believe it or not, Vermont cannot provide you that type of growth. So <laughs> using technology, a um, small town agency yeah, in Vermont. Yeah, no, I, I understand. No. And, and how many employees do you have now? Uh, we have a little over 200. I think we have a 204. Um, um, so, and that's a mix of, you know, uh, developers, um, uh, mm -hmm. business intelligence. Um, we have an insurance team. We have an insurance agents team, uh, like a call center, a sales center. We have a dealer solutions team, which goes out and implements our, our, our solution into dealerships and then manages their performance. Uh, we have an accounting team. Um, so we built out, you know, the, 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 we've scaled out a traditional agency in the, in the form of our call center, but really have added the layer of, um, analytics, um, behind that and all the capabilities that go into, um, you know, using our, using our technology to, to front the agency. So, uh, you did say something that was fascinating. I've often said that the fastest growing position in the independent insurance agency is the marketer. And I think that's pretty well founded with Liberty and Safeco's uh, analysis of their top performers, that, they're, that more and more agencies are bringing a marketer uh, onto their team, largely for the purposes of connecting more deeply and strongly with their customers. And sometimes uh, that's kind of, in my, in my model, good, good level three uh, uh, activities and then sometimes um, uh, 
uh, much more advanced um, customer journeys from, from uh, lead generation to conversion, and that tends to be a more um, sophisticated, advanced, harder skill set, what I call level four. But then you've added something which I really think is, in my model, really genuine level five activity, which is uh, true innovation. And to support that, you have... Uh, well, you have engineers on teams. So the, the, the standard way for most agencies to engage with technology is to purchase it or to subscribe to it in a SaaS model, uh, which I know that you do, but you also create your own technologies. So that's, uh, that's uh, where we really see um, transformation of the industry from the inside out at what I call a level five innovative level. So uh, t tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what's that like for you to manage a, a business enterprise that has um, an engineering team on it? That's different. Uh, that's a, a different experience for most agency principals. Yeah. So I guess I'll start off. Marketing is weird with agencies. Some people consider it Remarketing of accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or okay. it's weird how you. But, but you're you're right. So we are we we've made huge investments in bringing our technology team in house. Um, we were very careful not to call them IT. I think that's a big um, problem in the industry. Is you think of, uh, you know, people in the agencies think that the, w these developers are people that are going to come fix their computer. Like, that's not what they do. They're building software. They're building solutions. They're they they build tools. Um, so right now we have 24 of them in house. Uh, so we started off, like I said, we didn't have any experience in it. Um, we had an idea. We, we worked with a, with the blue house group as a, it's like a boutique shop to get us going. And we knew we, we learned shortly. We brought in a technologist. Our CTO at the time was Ron Keen. He was on our board. We learned from him. We, you know, we asked the right questions. We got the right people involved. Um, we had people like, um, local people, uh, that, which became investors that, had built uh, technology companies that advised us on what to do. We made the decision early on that um, we're going to bring it in house, which it is, it's a huge investment. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it, you know, when there's nothing to buy that does what you need it to do, you have to build it. Um, and so someone's got to be first. And we did look out and see it, it is what we're looking for available in the marketplace. Cause we, we were shocked when it wasn't, to be honest, we were, we thought we were just going to, go buy something and then plug it into the dealerships and be successful. Where did the integrations we needed, the third party data we needed, just the, the way that agents operate and the, and the way the insurance uh, consumer needs to interact with the product. There was just no way to, there was no way to even subscribe to five things and tie them together and build it. So there was something we had to build there. And then there's, there's certainly a lot of things. I mean, the build versus buy decision is a big decision. And there are certainly things that makes sense to buy. Um, and there, and, and as part of our platform, we haven't gotten into what it does yet, but part of our platform, <laughs> we, you know, we tie in a bunch of different technologies that are out there, best in class services and, and tie into them uh, via API and, and build that into our systems. You see, you'd never know, you know, in some of our, some of our um, process, you know, some of it we built, some of it we plugged in, um, but altogether it's, it's, it, it works as one thing, you, you, you know, as a consumer, anybody, you'd, you'd never know it. It Got just it. works well. Okay. So it, it seems that the core to the secret of the success now of, of the agency to simplify it is uh, it's a strategic decision, right? It's, it, it, you're, we're not just 
we're not just grafting on a little marketing here, a little marketing there. There's, it, there's really a, um, you've invested in a significant strategic decision, which has to do with your relationship with uh, automobile dealers. And we'll get into that. And okay. But, uh, 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 but once you, I, I, as I see it, Jeff, once you discovered that it was uh, successful, you were able to um, expand on it. In other words, uh, I mean, you, you, you blew the doors off of your geographic footprint. So the plan was always to blow the doors off of it. It's right. nice when a plan works out. <laughs> As you know, it's a, you know, it's like people ask me, like, did you expect to be this big? You know, they see our headquarters and 200 employees. Like, yeah, actually, um, uh -huh. we did. Um, it, it, and I think a lot of on entrepreneurs, you know, they do picture it that way. It, in our case, we just it worked out to happen to match up with what we were envisioning. Um, and, you know, our vision was always, you know, start small, be, right. fo be focused, don't lose your focus. It's very easy to be like, oh yeah, but you can go grab that shiny object or that shiny object. It's, it's, it's focusing on what you do well, building that out. And then once you master that, um, you, can, you can go outside of that. And really what we've been doing it, it, over the past five, five plus years is really building up our core assets um, and, and, and bringing in really those are humans. I mean, it's, it's, it's bringing in the technologists, building out the, the analytics that you need to be successful um, building out the partnership, building out the, the business development uh, team that can help you. And, and, you, and, and once you have all that building out the processes on the, on the insurance side and mm -hmm. your team, which is a monumental task, as anybody on this on this podcast will know, but you know, hiring ninety agents, um, and, and it, it, they're just these agents that we're hiring are not out there. They they just aren't. We built them all from scratch. They came in. A lot of them were in different fields. They have sales aptitude. We we got them all the way from license all the way to on the call center floor, and um, you know, they learn more in a month on the floor with our company than they probably do years at an independent agency because of the volume yeah. of calls that they take. Ah, okay. Okay. So, so let me ask you a question. And th this is, this is a particularly interesting to me on the insure tech side, but I think there's application for the agency listeners as well. Okay. Um, you're, uh, you're in Vermont, uh, you're now your current geographic footprint, as I recall, 15 states, but um, it, it, uh, you're on track end of this year, 48 states, roughly. Yes. Okay. Um, and yet, as you said, you started small. So in, um, in, in uh, startup language, we could say um, starting lean, okay, or a minimum viable product. So Yes. Uh, would you say so? And, and you may have had the vision to be in forty-eight states. I don't know, but um, it, it, is it is it possible? Um, you know, like that. One of the obviously one of the advantages of starting lean is that you're minimizing the risk. Um, but ideally, what you discover is that that works. Now, um, that it, it's it's not just a valuable strategy, but it also can sometimes save the enterprise, right? So so you, so, how long did it take for you to discover that it worked at the local level? So we had when we first set out the very first pilot, which was ten dealerships in Vermont. We set out to to prove three things. Um, one, the consumer was ready to buy that to, to buy via, via via this way. Two, did we provide value to the dealership, which was the partner? And three, 
did we bring the type of customer to the to both the agency and the carrier that were profitable? Um, and if those three things were to be checked, we move uh-huh. on. If yeah. they weren't, we back to the drawing board. And that's those were our first three checkpoints. So did you hit it right off the bat? We hit parts of it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, we had enough foresight. Like, I, you, have to always, you have to always question what you're doing um, and, and bring in um, new ideas and maybe even contrarians. Like, we have a, like we're, part of our company culture is be bold, right? And be, you have to be able to disagree and, and, see, and see, see doing things completely different, like the way you compensate people or um, the way things are presented, or just rethinking, you know, the, sometimes just taking something that's working, but not working quite as well, that you know it can be better, and, and just kind of turning it upside down and, and, and trying something new and A-B testing mm-hmm. and, 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 and seeing what happens. So I think there's a lot of, there, there is a, not a, a ton of failing forward and in something, it's not like anything's ever been a complete flop, but you know, there, there are things where you invest a lot of time, um, and it doesn't work and that sucks, yeah. but you, but unless you went down that road, um, you didn't know. And in, and in the beginning, it, it's a lot of it is gut. It's a gut feeling. You don't have the data. Then I'll say we, where we've gotten a lot better is we're, we're, we, we, we brought in business intelligence and we have analytics you know, really good numbers. And we, we look at those numbers, but we didn't have that. So in the beginning, it's, it's how much experience, like, what do you, what does your gut tell you? And you talk, you talk through it. And that's why we're on the phone all the time. Is this the right thing to do? And it's like, "Mm, yeah, maybe, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of that early on. And then as the data gets better, that's when you're able to build on it. And then you're able to attract investors because for us without capital coming in to do what we're doing, it would have been nearly impossible would have taken us too long to, yeah. to, 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 to do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, so, um, when you started small, um, uh, let me put it this way, uh, you know, product engineers to, and, and startup CEOs tend to like to have, you know, what we would call a, a tight steering wheel. So in other words, if we turn a little bit, uh, you know, turn the wheel just a little bit to the left, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to see and feel and be able to measure the impact fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the, the data for the tightness of that steering wheel is hard to get at the very beginning. So hence, uh, it, it, the, the wisdom often says that's why we start lean. In other words, we're not risking everything. We're, right. we're not building this thing out with 24 engineers on the first day and no. you know, anticipating that we're going we're gonna to be in 48 states on day one. I want to know that it's working right here in Vermont first. It's test and measure. It's always test and measure. And, and we always have been focused, very focused, test and measure. And, 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 and our capability to measure was hindered in the beginning. We didn't have a lot of ways to measure. Right. So we've had to develop the ways to measure. And as we, as we did measure, you know, we learned a lot about like, hey, we made this change um, to our user interface and look at what happened. Um, before we would have had to wait two or three months for that data to come down the pipe. I would have had to download to our carrier management system. We would have had, you know, we would have had to pull it into an Excel spreadsheet. We would have had to put it on a pivot table. We, and, and we didn't even know how to, how to do a pivot table when we first started this thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you, you know, so it's, um, you know, it's been a process and, in in you know, kudos to our team. I mean, you know, 
like I said, I have an electrical engineer, electrical engineering background and I have experience as a producer, but we've, you know, Travis and I were smart enough early on to bring in people that were way smarter than us yeah. and, and, and build a team that helped us grow. And I think it's elevated our game tremendously. Um, but our, but our team is, is, is really what we rely on. It's, Got it. Uh, okay. So our listeners are probably thinking, okay, this guy's, you know, grown from 14 to 200 employees and he's putting in four to $5 million premium a month. Tell me how he's doing it, but I, <laughs> I want to ask you a question first. Okay. And we're, we're going to get into the weeds on this, but, uh, but I, I want to get your kind of your big picture, um, big picture perception or perspective on something. Um, so generally, when we see a relatively rapid scaling, there is a good connection between what an enterprise is doing and what's happening in the real world. Um, and timing, topic that, that, I'm, that, that I talk about with some frequency, timing is everything, right? So, you know, no doubt had you tried this, you know, 10 years earlier, probably the technologies and the capacities wouldn't have been there. Uh, and sometimes if we try something, you know, too late, even two years too late or a year too late, <clears throat> somebody else has already swept in and kind of taken over that space. So, um, so here's, here's my question is, what, what do you think is going on? What are the trends and forces that are, that, you know, that, that we're living with right now? Because setting COVID aside, we can get yeah. into that. But setting that aside, what, what, what do you think is happening in the real world right now that allowed uh, your enterprise to um, be well so supported in the real world? So a bunch of things converged, I think, at similar times for us. And, and we, we absolutely believe that timing was maybe the biggest factor in, in, what, in what we did, right? <laughs> yeah. So when we first started, we actually took a six-month six hiatus early on because the technology we needed to build our MVP wasn't even available yet. So, and we were, we were a pilot for a company that, that could design it. So we became a pilot and that, that was the timing that allowed us to build the MVP. Okay. And we actually got an, we got a, we got an exclusive contract um, exclusivity with that, that large vendor. Um, and so that allowed us, that, that gave us even the ability to do it. On top of that, you have the consumer who ha had been programmed by national advertising to commoditize auto insurance. So there was far less loyalty to a specific agent. Um, just the consumer was changing. And we, we pretty much knew that based on what we were already doing. Um, so we were confident on that. The technology was available um, all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So you add those two things together and they converged. And then I think the big one, to be honest, was the carriers because they, um, contrary, and we're all in the business here, they, they're very risk averse. Nobody wants to be the first one in. Everybody likes to talk about insure tech and talk about technology and then quite frankly, not do it. It's all buzzwords and um, bull crap. And then so when the rubber beats the road and you actually bring an opportunity to a carrier you, you, you end up working through 10 chains of leadership. You finally get to the person at the end who knows nothing about what the first person knew. And they make a decision based off something that they believe to be true 10 years ago. So it took, I think, time for the insurance carriers to gain 
um, an understanding of the technology and what it could do for them, as well as um, for in our in our case, we started in the hardest channel, right? Car dealerships have have been causing insurance carriers um, heartburn for a long time, um, and we knew why it is. We yeah. knew why it was, and uh -huh. that was our, our hypothesis was, yeah. Well, if you're only if it, it, you know, and I'm just going to throw this out there. You, you think of the think of the models that are out there in dealerships now, and I'll pick on Allstate and Farmers for now because they have them. And uh, we're a partner of all states, so they're not telling that. I'm not telling you anything that I didn't tell them. Yeah. Okay? And they and they know it to be true. I think um, they never probably never admit it, but that's fine. Um, so when you stick an agency inside of a dealership, and there's one or two employees working in the booth, and there's 15 people or 20 people buying a car on a Saturday, and there's only so much bandwidth in those two people, who on the sales floor? is going to get walked over to the Allstate booth. It's the people without insurance, of course, because <laughs> they're the ones that need to buy insurance to move the car. Yeah. And, or maybe the person that can't afford it. So it, 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 it did, you know, without technology, um, the adverse selection will happen. It's almost guaranteed. So the trick was in how do you get your rate in front of everybody, not just the non-standard customer? And we only are in franchise dealerships, so that's an average score of 722. So that does, it's a natural, okay. it's a natural right. filter. But right. that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that bad customers don't buy cars at dealerships. And there's a, there's a home for those customers. There's a place to insure them. But our technology filters through that. But you have to have a bunch of agents and you have to have your quote integrated in every single car sale not just the two of 20 that don't have insurance. So, so how was, do you effectuate that? Well, there's no way to do it without technology, right? So it's all about integration. So what, what a lot of our team does is we, we have a partnership platform. That's really what it is. And we're expanding into more than just auto now, right? Into the home side, the refinance side, the, the, the home purchase, the car, everything, right? Wherever there's a nook and cranny where we can build the insurance process in, we are doing it. And we, so we have a list of 55 partners that, we're, that, we're in the, that are in the pipe right now. And we're just prioritizing opportunity and, and, and letting our operations catch up and be able to support them. So, it, 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 you know, there is a definite, there is a ton of opportunity, but you have to get into the process. And that only happens with integrations and, and, mark, and market knowledge. So you have to have partners, you have to understand the process. And most things... Um, uh, for instance, you think of an online mortgage originator, right? And you think about the opportunities to um, fully integrated without leaving that process to offer a, an insurance proposal as part of that process, make it seamless, build it into the loan, bang, done. It's the same with, it's same with the auto, right? You give choice, you give transparency, you build it right into the flow. And the consumer, you know, especially with our JD Power partnership and some of the brands we have on with us, are gonna, they're going to trust that. And that's the consumer evolution, right? That, that, you know, 10 years ago, would they have trusted? Well, maybe a millennial would have. Um, but now when you see the biggest shopping demographic during COVID being the 50 plus crowd, um, all of a sudden you start wondering, are, you know, not only is it just millennials, which is what insurance carriers all thought in the beginning. No. It's way more than that. It's happening across the board. Amazon, again, you think about people that have changed the market. Look at Amazon. Look at PayPal. Look at what they've done. They, they build themselves into every single flow. Like yesterday, my wife went on. She bought, she bought something. I forget what it was. She went to a website that wasn't even Amazon, and the thing was delivered in an Amazon package. 
So it's, it's, uh-huh. it, it, they're, okay. they're just, right. they're, they're in the middle of everything. <laughs> and, that, and that's really where we see ourselves. We, yeah. we build a core asset that can be in the middle of a lot of things. Got it. Okay. Um, so let, let's dive into the weeds on this thing. So, <laughs> so what do you do that is so uniquely different that has um, supported the scaling? So honestly, I think really what we have built is a, is not overly scalable yet. I think it's, it, it has scaled well for us. I think we have a lot further to go as far as scaling. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're almost to the point now where I, I'd say um, uh, open the spigot all the way and we can handle it. But there are some things that need to happen with technology and processes within our call center and within the binding process of insurance that need to be streamlined. Um, you know, uh, for instance, bind online and the ability to do a lot of the things that the independent agent does, like, how do you, like, I believe very heavily in the independent agent channel. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's so good for the consumer to see choice, transparency, and to get advice. But as we move the, and, but we have to deliver the direct experience or else we're going to die period. Mm-hmm. And, and we consider ourselves a direct IA. That is really what we are. And how do you bring the value proposition of an independent agency to the consumer before they talk to a human? Um, which, which I know you said, you, you're, you know, Tom Super, you were talking to him the other day. From That's JD right. Power. You <laughs> yeah. know, we, we, met, we met, you know, Kyle Schmidt, Marcus Gersky from JD Power. We started talking about, hey, you have this data set. What are you doing to help the consumer with that data set? And the answer was nothing but let's, let's, let's uh, quote unquote break things and try this. So they were B2B and they had all the consumers, they had all the, all the data on customer satisfaction, which is for us, it's indicative of, of PLE, policy life expectancy. And we, we want a way to reward insurance carriers for more than just having the lowest price. Um, so they have, they know who's got the best claims. They know who's got the best customer service, the best technology, all those data sets exist. So what we did is created, we created an algorithm, um, um, with, with them in, in partnership to help personalize, uh, and basically use the net. And I, I, it's not like Netflix, but I'm going to, it is like Netflix in a way. It's a consumer match score, uh, that looks at, you know, the customer looks at the data, asks them a couple questions about what's important to them. Yeah. And then scores the carriers based, based on the fit um, and based on empirical data and not just an agent saying, yeah, they got better claim service and not having any, any real data to support that. Uh, uh, and so um, that experience takes place at the auto dealer. Am I right? Uh, yep. But it, it, take, it, yep, it takes place at the auto dealership and it's takes for us, it's going to be taking place everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause they have the, they have the home side, they have the auto side, they have all right. that data. So yeah. okay. Got st- it. I'd say it started with the auto side. Okay. Is, is and so, and, and then how long does it take the customer to in, engage in that? Um, I, I assume it's some kind of a, it's a questionnaire or something where um, the algorithm runs and makes a recommendation to them. So it's pretty much instant. So it's part of our user interface. So all of our, all of our um, customer journey is on, is on a mobile device. So, so you think about a customer that goes into a dealership um, through automation and, and the magical sauce, a text message gets shot out to them. They, they enter a few pieces of information and buy insurance with one thumb. 
And so they do it on their own personal phone. Yep. Got it. Okay. And so as part of the journey, you know, which, which we built, it's all ours. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's a very unique journey nothing like it out there. And we, you know, you get, we ask a, a few questions, well, really one question and we ask a consumer to rank a list of six things, one through six, based on that, they're de-identified, you know, so they're basically their gender and their age. With that, um, and, and, you know, that with all the data they have, we know the carrier that may be the best for them and it may not be the lowest price. And we right. want to, we want to recognize that on, on the summary screen where they, before they connect with an agent. So, you know, per, perfect example is, you know, X carrier, I don't want to name carriers, is 50 bucks a month. Um, the next carrier down is $65 a month, but they score 92 on the match score and the lowest price scored a 72. As a, at that point, the consumer has to make that choice and maybe they'll look at Google, Google reviews or to, to make their final choice or whatever, but yeah. they're going to do the research and they're going to, they're going to trust JD Power's data. And, you know, in, by our, our data shows that the, the 92 at 15 bucks a month more is better for them, whether or not they want to, they want to buy that way. That's now, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm just dying of curiosity on this one, Jeff. Um, I, I don't know if you've analyzed this data yet, but I'm curious how, how often a consumer selects your recommendation or the algorithm's recommendation when it's not, because you're, you're going full transparency on this, when it's not the lowest price uh, in your offering. It's, it's more than you think. And our data is, um, is, is newish. Um, we're, only yeah. about a month, we're only about a month into it okay. of, the, of the launch. So I'd hate to get into like percentages, but it's, it's more than you think. And I, and I would, and I would say it's a big increase to where it was before, because I think that the, 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 the rabbit hole and the thing everybody needs to realize, whether you're a one person agency or a thousand person agency is the consumer does not necessarily believe you when you say this carrier has, has the best claim service. Where is the data? Show me why. And pretty much everybody's asking that now. And, 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 and those of you that go on and buy a vacation, you know, when they give you that little score of three to four stars, like you're clicking past the three stars, you're thinking there's bed bugs all over that place, right? <laughs> so you, you, you have to know that the, cons the consumer has spoken on this and the insurance industry is, is a little slow to react to that. So show me the data, why? And, and our, our, our product is, you know, um, again, bringing the value of the independent agent into the technology before you talk to an agent. That way, when the agent is connected into the process, the sale is essentially done. And, and, and we're answering a couple last questions. Um, they know the price and we, we move forward with the customer and, 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 and then give them the best journey for them, whether or not they want to transact with us on the phone, which they still can, or email mm -hmm. or, or um, however they want to do it you know, cause everybody's different. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, um, I, I, I mean, I know I've got uh, access to fairly substantial data on this, that in a typical agency relationship, uh, agency client or, or agency prospect relationship, even over the phone, which is uh, not the most intimate form of, of human communication, um, a substantial number of consumers uh, do not select the lowest price. So I was curious, 
in, in your model where you, you don't have the immediate uh, you know, agent interaction, the first introduction is on technology, how you're doing with that. But uh, would you say that to some extent, the sophistication of the technology and the branding of JD Power uh, gives credibility to your recommendation? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think okay. that brand, brand in general is huge and, mm -hmm. and we can't, um, you know, and I think we know that everybody in the end knows that. And it's, 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 it's difficult, you know, people look for the brand on our, you know, they see the all state, the progressive, the travelers, right. they yeah. recognize those brands, the nationwides, right. you know, and, and, and it is difficult for some of the, some of the carriers that, <clears throat> that, that don't spend that money to get that same recognition. Now we bring, mm -hmm. now what our platform does is, is we, by bringing in those brands and, and, and then having, we have a lot of local markets and in super regionals and regionals. And by being on the same page with JD power and those other brands, it does elevate their brand and help um, bring some validity. I mean, we do get questions from consumers like who's this carrier? Well, actually, the, you know, they have a great score, um, yeah. as you can see. Um, they don't advertise on TV because they have to pay us commissions. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you, know, um, I, you know, they're highly recommended. They have great claim service, and you, bring, you, 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 you take them through there um, uh, like that. But br uh, br brand is huge, and I, and I agree with you uh, on the price thing. I, I will argue, though, that we, we always do what's best for the consumer, and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most agencies maybe do what's best for their profit sharing. And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, maybe that's why it's some of the lowest prices and sold all the time because the agent steered them towards something that gave them a better check at the end of the year. I'd like to think that doesn't happen, but I think that's a philosophy that we've made as a company that consumers, consumer um, wins. Um, we don't, we don't, um, we, we talk about facts about scores, about data, mm -hmm. and, and, and um, we, we, don't, we, we don't steer them into the product that um, may pay us another point or two at the end of the year. Got it. All right. So, uh, Jeff, I just have a, a couple of questions left. So, I think we've, we've answered a lot of this already, but I just want to make sure we explicate it or I ask you to as clearly as possible. So, uh, can you walk through what the experience might be like for somebody who walks into a dealership in blankety blank city, blankety blank state, I've never heard of you before, and how at some point, I mean, you know, they buy a car and maybe a, an hour and a half later, uh, after they walk into a dealership, they're a customer of yours. What, what's, the, what's their journey in that short period of time? So first of all, the, the, the real interesting part about are, you know, we're in the franchise dealerships, like I said, which have an average credit score of 722. Um, nobody goes into a dealership looking to purchase insurance. So we have the unique ability to present a quote to somebody at a time that they're willing to look at it. And, and, and they're, they're going to pay attention to it. It's not this, a loss. This is like the yellow pages moment. Of, it's of not a loss. It's <laughs> right. not a loss. It's not a loss message, right? It's, it's something right. that they get, they, 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 they get on their cell phone, automated text that comes as they're, as they're financing their vehicle. Um, it's, it's built into the process. They get the text message um, and they decide whether or not they want to go through the process. They could delete the text. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, um, but it's integrated. So it's like, why aren't you going to look at it? You know, when you're making your, 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 when you're buying your new Honda Accord or your, uh, your, your whatever, you know, and your payment's 700 bucks a month, 
and you're like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind um, looking at my insurance. It's probably a good time to look at it. Um, mm -hmm. If I could save a few bucks, I, I could use it right now. Um, so they get the text, they go through it on their phone. They just answer the questions. And again, a lot of it's third party data, the, you know, integrations and kind of the secret sauce. Um, they, they get to the point where they see the quotes um, and they have the JD power score and their, their rates. Um, they can expand and look at, they can look at things at their coverages, um, compare them. They can open up their current policy if they want to, or, or look on their online bank account to see what they're paying if they don't know. Um, and they make the decision on whether or not they want to connect with our agent on a video call or a phone call, or if they want to set up an appointment for the next day or whenever. Um, oh, they so, so they could conceivably have a, a video conversation with somebody on your team right there in the dealership. Like, Hey, yep. I got a couple of questions about this policy or whatever. Yeah. So we built that. Um, so uh, it's actually very successful. It, we, and we did this prior to COVID. So it was nice. It's, you know, we were kind of ready for it, I guess, in a way, but so right on your mobile device, you can, um, you can have a, and it's a one-way video so they can see our agent, but we can't see them. Oh, really? Um, Fascinating. So, okay. So we didn't, we didn't yeah. want, we didn't want to, um, feel like we're spying on somebody. We just wanted, we wanted to bring the, again, the value proposition of a, of an advisor to the consumer and, and seeing somebody's face is, is important. Yeah. Yeah. It helps closing ratio. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, before we're done, a uh, um, couple of questions. F first one is, I mean, clearly not everybody's going to listen to this conversation and, uh, and, and want to do exactly what you did. Uh, I, so I'm looking for, you know, like a, a sort of a, uh, a, a more universal takeaway. I mean, you know, you, 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 you took the, the principles of innovation and strategy and marketing and technology, and you found a way to make that work for you. What, what advice would you give to the independent insurance agency principal of today who would be interested in scaling, interested in growing, um, and is you know, looking for some, well, what's your insight? Yeah, so it's interesting. And, and um, we've, we've been thinking about this really since the beginning, and we're, to the, we're finally to the point now where uh, and it, it, we, we, we have some really tight relationships with, with agencies in our region. Um, right. And um, how can we use your technology? How, how can we figure out how to do it? And there's, it's, it's a loaded question because there's a lot to um, fo fo even focusing on that when you're so focused on something else. So there's, there's technology needs to that. And there's a basic infrastructure that needs to exist to be able to support partnering with another independent agent. Um, but what we've developed uh, in our core assets, we're, we're ready now. Um, we're to the point where we've built um, the, the infrastructure and we're ready to give back um, to the IA channel. So we've developed a partnership, um, basically a, a partnership opportunity uh, path um, where we can structure it a couple of different ways, but you can, you can think of it as, uh, as an aggregation um, of sorts where we can bring somebody in under our wing, provide them with the, with the tools and some of the non-revenue producing support um, such as servicing accounts, because we're open Monday through Saturday, eight to nine, um, at things like commission statements, accounting, um, uh, all, the, all the crap that nobody really likes to do, um, as well as giving some of those analytics tools um, that, that we've developed and, and, and bring that to, to an IA of, of, like, of, grow, of a growth mindset. I mean, so it's, it wouldn't be for every IA. I mean, I'd say, you know, out there, you know, we all know there's some sleepy ones and some ones that are out there actually beating the street. So if, if somebody's to the point where they're not looking to um, 
sell and sail away. And they're looking to partner and grow and be some, be part of something that's very exciting. Um, we're, 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 we're just launching that program as we speak. And I'd be happy to um, talk to people on LinkedIn about how we could work that in the different, the different ways we could structure that that may work. Um, okay. Again, not going to be a fit for everybody, but I think uh, it's a, it's a very uh, interesting value proposition that we're yeah. going out okay. there. Um, and uh, so one, my last question is uh, what, what's your, what, what's your sense of, of the channel right now, the IA channel? Uh, how, how are you feeling about it? Um, well, in general, I'm very bullish on the channel. Um, huh? I, um, I am a believer that the consumer is um, changed forever um, and that the IA channel is going to grow over time. Um, I think if I was a smaller IA and I was living the lifestyle agency life where I wasn't reinvesting <laughs> into my agency. I would sell right now while the multiples are high. I, I guess that's kind of, or, or, I, or sell in January before COVID. Hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would just, I would just say, you know, the customer wants choice transparency um, and technology and they want to make it as easy as possible. So in, in the direct market and the exclusive market cannot provide that in the way that we can in the IA channel. So the agencies that bring all of that to the table um, and don't do it through a yellow page ad or a radio ad um, are, are, are going to do okay. And I, I think it, it, is, it is a situation where you need to invest in technologies such as AIDS Revolution, such, such as maybe a tool to monitor, act, uh, not monitor your employees, but monitor activities so you understand where your inefficiencies are. I mean, there's a lot of investments that you need to make to maybe understand your agency better. And then everybody has their own way that they can do something. Um, whether it's in commercial lines, maybe you could get bold penguin or um, one of those, one of those, ag one of those small business aggregation tools that can funnel leads to your agency and you can set up a, 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 a streamlined new business flow. Um, maybe there's some partnerships that you can create, even if they're just like the one Travis and I had early on where you network with other realtors or, or, or contacts or banks and you set up a structure with your agency that you can actually support it. You don't turn your phones off at lunch. You don't leave at three o'clock on Fridays, but you actually commit to supporting the partner in a way that's mutually beneficial. It's not all about your commission. It's all about how you, how you treat that partner and how you treat their customers. Jeff, if somebody listening to this, uh, whoever, uh, and, and you know, the audience is primarily insurance agency principals, but you know, of course we get a lot of technology people and a lot of carriers as well. If somebody listening to this wants to find out more or wants to reach out to you, what's the best, most efficient way for that to happen? Um, so LinkedIn. So you, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Jeff Mungin. You'll just search for me. Um, happy to have these conversations. I, we're all, as you know, um, kind of nerdy when it, like I liked talking about all kinds of this stuff and it, uh, I think it bores, uh, my wife, uh, for sure. Um, uh, uh, people, um, but I, I'm ex passionate about, um, just general, I, I just like distribution. It's like a, it's a real passion of mine. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I just like talking about different strategies and, and different ways we could structure, structure deals and, and, and just make things, uh, move in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, so happy to have those conversations as well as, you know, certainly agency principals looking for, for a different path forward. 
Um, love to talk about how maybe we could be part of that. Got it. All right, Jeff Mungin on LinkedIn. Uh, Jeff, as always, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. I appreciate uh, you sharing your insights to uh, the Independent Agency channel. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.